trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey everybody, welcome back to Grain Markets and Other Stuff. Thank you for joining me in this uh, evening edition. This is the uh, very first evening live stream that uh, I've done uh, since the YouTube channel started and uh, since I started streaming live on Facebook also. And uh, this is going to be something that I do a little bit more often. Um, I'm going to start this, what I'm going to call the Grain Marketing 101 series. And I'm going to I'm going to do a lot of these in the evening, or mo- I think all of them in the evening is the game plan. And uh, the idea being uh, people can tune in in the evening and uh, watch live and ask questions live, interact uh, in real time. And, uh, you know, with a lot of this stuff, there's always something that I miss. And kind of my hope is that if you're watching live, you know, you may uh, ask a question or uh, remind me to uh, discuss a certain point. And, uh, you know, this being the first one, I don't expect a whole lot of people people to be on here live. I think we got two or three people on right now. But uh you know, the the goal is that we'll start this off small, hopefully build it up. So thank you coming uh thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Remember if you already if you have not already subscribed, uh you can do it on any any of the media outlets out there. Uh YouTube, uh Apple Podcasts is real popular. Um uh the Facebook deal I'm doing just with these these longer form episodes, but uh, make sure you do that. Make sure you uh leave me a comment or a review or a, a question if you think that this uh Grain Marketing 101 series is interesting. If you have topics that uh you'd like to suggest or that you think I should cover, certainly let me know. Some of this stuff is not going to be uh, for the more advanced grain marketers out there. If you're like a, a super advanced, uh, uh, well-versed, uh, knowledgeable grain marketer, a lot of this stuff is going to be beneath you. But if you're a younger farmer out there, if you're somebody who's just simply trying to uh, kind of brush up on your grain marketing, um, going over some of these basic concepts and ideas uh, may not necessarily be a bad thing at all. So um, I'm, I'm, that's my goal here is, is if you're starting out, if you want to brush up, uh, the goal here is to do kind of like an educational series. This is not going to be a series where I discuss current market conditions. It's going to be kind of more like an overall primer uh, in regard to grain marketing. Before I get started, remember, if you do need some more information from me, go to my website. It's standardgrain.com. When you go to that site, click on grain marketing plan in the upper right-hand corner. Um, For $49 a month, you hit the subscribe button. For $49 a month, uh, I'll send you my morning email that goes out every morning at 6.30 central time, and I'll send you my text message service. And uh, through those two services, you will be made aware of exactly when, how, and specifically I'm pricing uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat throughout the year. It's broken down by crop. It's broken down by crop year. It's broken down by percent. I talk about when I'm capturing carry, when I'm rolling HTAs or futures contracts, um, different option strategies, all that. That's not necessary. Um, You don't need to have a futures or or options trading account, but uh, certainly check that out. Without any further ado here, so futures versus HTAs is is the first topic here for this uh, Grain Marketing 101 series. And um, there are some similarities. There are some differences. There are advantages uh, to each. There are disadvantages to each. And I'm going to try to... Um, 
kind of run through the advantages and disadvantages of each and, and what separates the two, what makes them similar, um, that sort of thing. So, so to start off here, we're going to go with, with just some very basic definitions. Um, what is a futures contract? Um, I think most of you know, this is the textbook definition. A futures contract is a legal agreement to buy or sell a particular commodity asset or security at a predetermined price at a specified time in the future. Futures contracts are standardized for quality and quantity to facilitate trading on a futures exchange. That's a very lengthy way of explaining what is really not that complicated of a concept. Um, In regard to this discussion, we are talking about um, just grain marketing. So we're not talking about trading futures. We're not talking about day trading or investing in futures. We're talking about using futures as a grain marketing tool. So in, in our case here, um, we can sell futures on the Chicago board of trade through a futures account. And by doing that, uh, we can hedge our production or essentially set a futures price on a portion or all of our production at any point in time. Um, and, and that's the thing about futures and HTAs. This is a step above a cash contract in terms of complexity. You know, a cash contract is where, when you and a buyer agree on a cash price at a predetermined date. When you get into futures and HTAs, this is where we start to separate futures and basis, which is really the next step for you as a grain marketer beyond the basic cash or, or cash forward contract. Um, futures and HTAs, where you separate the futures and the basis, which is something that uh, most of the more advanced grain marketers will do on almost all of their sales. They will separate um, the futures from the basis. They'll price the futures at one point and the basis at another point when an opportunity presents itself. So keep that in mind. But in 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 regard to just this conversation, um, we're just talking about using futures as a means to set a futures price on your production. Now, when we go to a hedge to arrive, uh, this is straight off the ADM site. They had a good definition, so I figured I would use it. Um, The hedge to arrive contract or HTA contract offers you the choice to lock in the futures reference price portion of your cash contract for a specific quantity to be delivered in the future. The basis can be set at a later date, but must be done prior to delivery. Um, So when you look at the definitions here, they're very, very similar. In fact, um, at some elevators or some ethanol plants, some grain buyers across the country, they'll actually call a hedge to arrive a futures only contract. So what you're really doing, what you're accomplishing at the end of the day, using futures versus using an HTA is, is pretty much exactly the same. You're setting a futures price, but you're leaving the basis open, setting the futures price, leaving the basis open. That's what you are doing in both scenarios here. And what I've made up here that I'm going to put on my screen is this crude little uh, whiteboard deal. But I've basically got five items that I want to run through in terms of uh, uh, advantages and disadvantages, what you can do with each. And I have them listed here. What I'm going to do is basically I'm going to check the boxes and I'm going to say you can do this or this or you have an advantage here or there. And this will make it easy for me to uh, kind of run through this. So in terms of setting a futures price, number one here on my list, um, you can do it just fine with both. I'm going to put a check box, a, a check mark in the HTA box and also a check mark in the futures box. You can set your futures price um, with either one of these tools and it does it pretty much the same way. So um, when it comes to that, that setting the futures price on these bushels, um, 
they both function almost identically, almost identically. If you were to take just this part of it and punch it into uh, your spreadsheet that you're using, um, the way that you, the mechanism uh, of, of setting the futures price while leaving the basis open is something that can be accomplished uh, through both HTAs and futures, which are again, very, very similar in terms of what they accomplish. Uh, we've got 14 people on the live stream. That's that's uh, about 14 more than I thought I'd have. So thank you for uh, tuning in here. Feel free to leave a comment. I'm watching the comments in real time. So if you uh, have a question, a comment, some sort of observation, um, I'll I'll. This is all live, so I'll I'll talk to you real time here. Um, my number two item that I want to discuss is flexibility, and I, I have flexibility broken down into two different uh, categories. The first one is delivery location. When you do an HTA contract, you are essentially tied to the delivery location at which you wrote this HTA contract. So in terms of delivery location, you have essentially no flexibility with your hedge to arrive contract. When when you write that contract, whenever you do it, um, you're, you're going to end up delivering those bushels at the given facility that, that you wrote the contract at. Um, you don't have, you, you can't switch it. You can't move it. You're going to essentially be tied to that delivery location with the, with a futures contract. You are not tied to any delivery location. You have total complete flexibility in terms of where you want to ultimately deliver that grain, which could provide you with perhaps some leverage when it comes to basis down the road. Um, I've heard people make that argument before. It's probably not true for every grain buyer or elevator in the country, but I've heard the argument that maybe you have a little bit more leverage when it comes to basis negotiations um, if you don't have the HTA already uh, booked with your grain buyer. So that's something to consider. So in, in terms of delivery location, I mean, futures, definitely the better bet here because um, uh you're, you're locked to one delivery location the moment you write that HTA, where in futures, um, you're totally open-ended. Um, the second part of the flexibility discussion would be ability to exit. And when you sell futures on the board in a trading account, um, keep in mind, when you make that sale, you go and sell futures with your broker or you do it in your online account or whatever, you can exit that position at any point in time. You can, you can put the trade on and exit it five seconds later, or you can put it on and exit it two years later. Um, you have an enormous amount of flexibility there. So let's think about some scenarios where that sort of flexibility would come into uh, play. Let's say um, last year in uh, the spring, summer of 2019, um, during the corn rally when, you know, we had the wettest spring and we couldn't get the crop planted. Let's say you sold December, 2020 corn at $4 and 20 cents, which is, was about the high of, of the move for that contract at that time. Well, when you go out in the, in the time frame beyond that, you get into, to late 2019, the prices had really fallen apart and they stayed low, uh, really through the, the, le- the better part of this summer. You could have theoretically, or let's say hypothetically bought back that 420 sale for December 2020, taken the cash profit, and then again went unhedged or unsold. That's flexibility that you do not have with an HTA contract. So futures, you can exit at any time. And I've got to mention here the disclaimer, you can lose a lot of money trading futures. Uh, we're going to talk about margin calls. We're going to talk about uh, profits and losses and that sort of thing. And there is 
potential for loss in trading futures and options contracts. Uh, this is not su- suitable for, for everybody. And I know that from experience. It's not something that everybody should do, but I'm trying to give you a better idea here if this is for you or not. So when it comes to flexibility, I would say delivery location has to go to futures. I'd say the ability to exit has to go to futures. And based on those two items, I'm going to give futures the check mark here in terms of flexibility. You've got a lot more flexibility than you do um, with an HTA, which ties you to a delivery location um, for the most part. And uh, you, do, you don't have the ability to exit that contract. The number three here is margin requirement. And this is the big advantage for the hedge to arrive contract. So when you call uh, Joe, the broker who used to work, he used to work in Chicago, <laughs> you call your broker in Chicago and, uh, and you sell a futures contract, your broker is going to want margin money. And what is margin money? Um, this is the margin rate sheet from uh, Straits Financial. This is where I clear my trades, but they're the same for pretty much every clearing firm. And as soon as you sell 5,000 bushels of corn on the board, your broker is going to want 850 bucks up front, um, just as good faith money to hold on to that position. And that $850 is going to change on almost a daily basis when the market moves. If you sell corn at 420 and it goes to 440, uh, your broker is going to call you and say, you owe me some margin money. And uh, if you sell corn at 420 and it goes to $5, your broker is going to call you several times and say that you owe me some margin money and it's going to be recurring. So hedging using futures or making your sales using futures in a futures account can be very, very cash intensive or capital intensive. It can require an enormous amount of money to uh, hold those positions over an extended period of time. And let's be honest with ourselves here. Very rarely are we going to price our corn or soybeans at the top of the market and not be subject to at least some sort of margin call. That's a pretty rare occasion that that happens. You may do it a couple times in your life, but it's a pretty rare occasion that that happens. I mean, most often when you put a trade on, it may go against you for a little bit. It may go against you for a little bit, and and that's where the margin money comes in. Uh, margin requirement on soybeans is $1,800 a contract, and these are 5,000 bushels con- uh, contracts. Um, for the wheat, uh, $1,200 to $1,300, depending on which uh, market you're using. But um, there's... There is some capital that is required for um, using futures contracts, and that for a lot of people is a big deterrent to using futures because they've heard horror stories of people losing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars um, trading futures or being short futures, and people just don't want anything to do with that. And I understand it. I understand that these uh, have been tight times here as of late the last several years. Um, This is a capital intensive deal to hedge using futures. Um, I did a whole episode. I think it was called the number one um, thing for to do for your hedge account or something like that. And I talked about security agreements and how if you're going to hedge using futures, you should really have a separate line of credit to do it because it can be so capital intensive. So that's a big deal. Margin requirements with HTAs, there are none. That's why people love HTAs, because when you call your grain buyer and you say that you'd like to do a hedge to arrive contract at a given price, um, there is no margin money required. The uh, grain buyer, whether it be the the ethanol plant or the feedlot or the, the elevator, whoever it is, they're going to float the margin on this deal for you. And um, 
for that reason, a lot of people really like HTAs, despite the fact that your flexibility is kind of limited. Um, HTAs are very, very popular. And in my own grain marketing, what I typically do when I make a recommendation, if if I uh, advise um, my customers to, to say, make a corn sale, I'll usually say, use futures or HTAs. Because essentially, when you go back to that price setting mechanism, they do the same thing. So we're doing the same thing. It's just a matter of how that particular customer wants to do it. And there's not one right way for everybody. This is not a one size fits all deal. If you're somebody who has the capital, has the credit line set up for your margin account to to margin this stuff, to be able to float the margin when the market goes against you, then futures may be the better bet for you. Um, If you're somebody who does not have the capital, um, you don't want to borrow extra money. You're already in over your head. You're already too highly leveraged. You, uh, you don't want to borrow any more money than, than you already have. Um, the hedge to arrive contract might be a better deal for you. So, um, I, I have a lot of customers and, and I know a lot of farmers that will do kind of a combination of both. They'll do some hedge to arrives. They'll do some futures on, on items where they'd like some flexibility. But when it comes to this number three, I mean, hedge to arrives win the battle here when it comes to margin requirement, because there is no margin requirement. Um, you don't have to deal with it at all. And it, it makes things a whole lot easier for you if you don't have to think about uh, the position going against you and, and sending that margin money up to your broker. Um, it's just one less thing for you to worry about every day of the week. Excuse me. The next thing on the list is uh, transaction fees. And transaction fees can be highly variable. Um, in both hedge to arrive contracts and futures contracts, but typically in almost all situations, the transaction fees on hedge to arrive contracts are going to be much higher than futures. Um, I work, I work with a lot of farmers all across the country and the hedge to arrive fees, HTA fees are highly variable. I know farmers who were able to do HTAs for three cents a bushel. I know farmers whose grain buyer charges them north of 11, 12 cents a bushel to do an HTA. It's highly, highly variable. Um, when it comes to futures, typically much cheaper. Uh, you can find these days about as low of a rate as you want. If you want to trade futures and pay next to nothing, you can do it um, through most of the online brokerages out there. And I'm telling you, I'm a broker. That's how I make my living. And I charge a lot more than the online brokerages, but uh, you can do it really, really, really cheap. If you, if you want to handle the entire thing yourself, everything from margin to trading, the whole thing. Um, and, and usually even with, with like a full service broker, like I'd call myself a full service broker. I talk to customers, I take orders. Um, I'll provide recommendations, that sort of thing. Um, you're going to end up paying about the equivalent of one cent per bushel. That's about what I charge uh, for what we call a round turn. And everything in the futures business is done on a round turn basis. I charge about a half cent a bushel uh, to get in a futures contract and about a half cent a bushel to get out of a futures contract. So in in, in the grand scheme of things, um, it's about one cent per bushel ballpark. Um, when you compare that to the hedge to arrive fees, um, they're substantially more. I mean, you're talking at the low end, hedge to arrives are maybe three to four cents a bushel. So you're already talking, you're, you're paying three to four times as much 
to do a hedge to arrive as you are futures. In some cases, a lot more than that. There are cases where you might be paying five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times as much in transaction fees to do a hedge to arrive contract versus a futures contract. So what's the trade-off? Why would you pay that that extra three, four, five, six, seven cents a bushel to do a hedge to arrive? The trade-off is the margin requirement. You don't have to float the margin. And that's why you're paying those hefty fees for the HTAs. That's that's the trade-off. The trade-off is you pay that those extra fees, but you don't have to deal with the margin calls. And that's a decision that you ha- you have to decide if it's worth it to you or not. Is it worth it to you to pay the extra, whatever it is, let's call it five cents. Is it worth is it worth it to you? to pay the extra five cents a bushel and not deal with margins, or is it worth it to you to deal with the margins yourself and not pay the extra five cents a bushel, whatever the number is. That's what it. That's what it, a lot of this comes down to, is the margin and the transaction fees. The flexibility is one thing, but um, when it comes to your bottom line, I think that the transaction fees and then the margin requirement are the two big things. So, I mean, I've got to give the, ch- the check mark here the advantage to futures when it comes to transaction fees, certainly. Um, you, you'll always be able to trade futures, at, at least as of this time, uh, cheaper than you can do HTAs. Last item on the list, number five, is, is uh, I wrote down roll, but the ability to roll a contract. Like, um, you know, what's going on right now, a lot of farmers are taking their December, uh, let's say December corn, December corn, uh, short futures or HTA contracts, and they're rolling them out to March. And they're doing that because there's carry from December to March and they're able to capture carry, right? You can do that in both of these uh, instances. You can do it with hedge to arrives. You can roll an HTA contract forward and you can roll a futures contract forward. Um, the hedge to arrive contract, again, when you roll it, is going to come with a slightly heavier fee in the vast, vast majority of situations. Whereas the futures it's always going to be the same. If, if you, if it costs you a penny to buy and sell, it's going to cost you a penny to, to roll it basically is essentially what it comes down to. So when it comes to the roll, you can do it in, in both situations, but uh, the transaction fees again will be lower um, in futures than they will be in hedge to arrive contracts. So when you go down the list here, I mean, is there one that's really better than the other in, in terms of how you're going to price your grain, how you're going to lock in the futures price. And keep in mind, that's what we're talking about here is locking in the futures price. Is there really one that's better? Um, I don't think so. I think that it's a preference thing. I think that this is a case-by-case basis. It has a lot to do with what sort of capital you have available to you. It has a lot to do with what sort of experience you have. Um, I, I typically tell people if they're not experienced to trading futures to either start with HTAs or start with futures on a very, very small amount. Because again, there is enormous lo- risk of loss on paper, um, cash money in trading futures. If you sell futures, you can lose a ton of money doing it. If you buy futures, you can lose a ton of money doing it. Uh, you don't have that issue with hedge to arrives. The, uh, the elevator may, may lose cash money doing it in their futures account, but you won't. Um, so there's a lot of things to consider here. Um, the flexibility thing, if, 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 uh, this was my situation and I had to choose, I'd, I'd probably do a combination of both, to be honest with you. I, I think that bushels that I, I was really confident in my prices that I really liked, um, real confident with my grain buyer, um, 
have, I would have no problem using the hedge to arrive contracts and not dealing with that margin stuff. But maybe on some bushels that I'd like some more flexibility that I'd like, um, to, to, uh, maybe pay less fees on that sort of thing. Uh, maybe I'd use futures. May I'd probably use a combination of both if it were me. Now I have customers that some are, some of my customers do all, all, all one or all the other. Some do futures exclusively. Some do hedge to arrives exclusively. Uh, one thing I didn't mention about futures is that of course, with futures, you eventually have to turn this into a cash sale with a grain buyer, right? And the way to do that, it, the way I've always done it is very simple. Um, you make a phone call, you call Joe, your broker, and you say, Joe, um, I just sold my cash, exit my futures position, please. And, um, you do that and you either take the profit or the loss on the, on the board and you reconcile it with, uh, the cash sale. And that's kind of the end of it. Um, and you've got to make those two phone calls within about 30 seconds of each other so that you don't miss out on anything. But, um, uh, that's the way that, that I've always done it. And with the hedge to arrive, I mean, your grain buyer is going to be calling you saying, Hey, it's time to set the basis on this, or it's time to deliver these bushels, or it's time to roll it or whatever. So there's, there's some intricacies here. There are some things that definitely differ a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know, to go through the list again, very briefly, both of these things, HTAs and futures will both allow you to set that futures price while leaving the basis open. When it comes to flexibility, I've got to give the nod to futures um, because of you've got flexibility and delivery location. Also the, the ability to exit the contract whenever you'd like margins. Um, you've got to give the nod to HTAs. There is no margin requirement. You don't need cash money to do it. You don't need a, a security agreement or a separate line of credit to do it. When it comes to transaction fees, it's just about always going to be cheaper to do futures um, in terms of just transaction fees. When it comes to uh, the cash money that you could very well lose in your futures account, um, it can be costly. But when it comes just to transaction fees, uh, when we're, we're not talking about profits and losses, just transaction fees, uh, the nod goes to futures, certainly. When it comes to the ability to roll forward and capture carry, um, you can do that with both of these items here. So this, uh, this is not a one size fits all deal. You've got to decide where you stand. Um, maybe you need work on one or the other. Maybe you need work on both of these things. Maybe you've never, uh, uh, separated futures and basis before, and this is something that you're new at. And, uh, if that's the case, I hope this was, uh, helpful for you. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. I did not get any questions here, but I was happy to see we were up to I think 15 or 20 viewers at uh, one point. Um, and even if you don't have any questions, uh, make sure you leave me, just leave me a comment or something. Say, Joe, I like this this idea of, of doing these evening live streams. Um, throw some topic ideas at me. Um, I'm here to help you out. So um, if there's anything I, I can do as, as far as this YouTube channel or this podcast, anything along those lines, uh, definitely let me know. Um, I will cover just about any topic that you send over. So um, everyone have a... Uh, a great weekend. And, um, I'll be back with another, uh, one of these, I think I'm going to try to do these, these one-on-one series at, at least like once a month, if not, maybe once every two or three weeks, depending on, uh, what my availability is timing and, and kind of what's going on. But, um, uh, hope everyone's doing good. Uh, we will catch you next time.